City Council approved a funding formula for the Edmonton Police Service in which until 2026, the yearly budget is going to be decided by taking the previous year's budget and adding on to the funding formula, as well as EPS salary settlements. So how does this all break down? Is this something that you need to be concerned about or not? We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who is City Councilor for Ward P. Hesuin, Tim Cartmel. Uh, Councilor Cartmel, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So before we kind of break down how this is all going to work, let's just kind of go back to the inception of these discussions, because it feels like funding for the police has been a hot button issue for quite some time, obviously fueled by, I think, some big social movements that we've seen in recent years. But these discussions have been ongoing for quite some time, haven't they? They have been, yeah. You know, in in my experience, they've been going on. Well, I, you know, they even predate uh, COVID and uh, the George Floyd murder and the Black Lives Matter conversations. You know, we we talked about uh, the need for a shift in policing going back to 2017, 2018. Uh, and that, that is actually what generated the hiring of Chief McPhee and a new direction in, for our police commission. And, and part of that was the conversation around uh, a police funding formula. So in a way, the conversation we had yesterday and the decision that council made to, uh, takes us back to where we were in 2019 and allows us to, to hopefully look forward and build forward on that. So let's break down how this is going to work. The formula sure. now is tied to population growth and inflation, the way that I understand it. Let's let's break down the details of this here. Yeah, so we have this year's budget. If we're looking, let's use next year as an example. We've got this year's budget. Uh, next year's budget would take this year's budget, add um, the labor component, which is roughly 82% of police funding, and add a population increase uh, to it, uh, and then take the the other operating costs, material purchases, uh, operating of buildings, etc., which is 18% of the budget, and apply an inflation rate to that to give us a new, uh, effectively next year's budget. However, uh, that total amount is calculated, and then it's compared to the cost of operating the city, the city operations budget, which is roughly 1.7 billion dollars this year. The police funding is capped at 30% of that number. So uh, if, if the increases give us a number above that 30% threshold, then the funding is capped at 30%. And so uh, it allows for predictable funding and allows for you know increases as the city grows and as inflation occurs. But it does uh, get tempered by the uh, thought and the premise that uh, police funding should only should never be more than 30% of what the city budget is, at least for the next three years. So was this modeled on any other municipalities or other cities? How did we get to these numbers and this formula? So no other city does this. Uh, you know, it, it's it, most other cities, all other cities, use the, the one-year budgeting cycle for police funding, even if they're working on a three- or four-year operating budget cycle. And this kind of takes us back to where this our formula came back from the first place. And you go back to the, you know, the middle... 2010s, you know, 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. and we saw pretty dramatic police budget increases because we would have this this year by year, rather rhetorical, somewhat inflamed conversation about the police need more more money or this negative consequence would occur, and so. You know, when you when you have sort of a reactive budgeting process and, and you react to, you know, the, the presentation in the moment, and if that's provocative, 
you tend to get higher increases. And so the you know city council saw through that, uh, the city council of the day, and said, listen, let's put apply form into this. Let's get away from these rhetorical conversations. Let's make it predictable. Then we don't have to keep guessing what you're going to need for a budget, police service, and you can stop coming to us uh, with these rather dramatic requests. Uh, you live within your means, and we both agree that this is what it's going to cost and this is what you're going to spend. Mm. Let's talk about some of the criticism because I know that sure. you know not all councillors agreed, um, which is which is what we want. We want some healthy discourse and discussions there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we are seeing from um, Councillor Aaron Rutherford, for example, saying, uh, "When I see things like the crime severity index in other policing divisions that don't have a funding formula is less than Edmonton, I wonder is a funding formula going to solve that? How do you address a concern like that?" So, you know, we had a really great conversation yesterday, and I want to really congratulate my colleagues. Not that, not that it's for me to do that necessarily, but we had a really great conversation. There was a lot of really great questions, a lot of really good debate. And, you know, here's the thing about the crime severity index. First of all, you know, Edmonton is different than a lot of other cities. We have surrounding municipalities that do not contribute to paying for our police service. Our downtown is the downtown for Edmonton, but it's also the downtown for the region and arguably the downtown for northwestern Canada when you look at how many people come to our city for core services and end up staying here. So, you know, it's different to compare that context to even to Calgary, never mind to other cities in Canada. So that per capita question, that crime severity in other cities question, you know, you, you, they're good metrics uh, to guide conversation, but they're not necessarily the things that that should, you know, lead to the, the total conclusion of the conversation. And I'll just say on the crime severity, just to add to this one point, Chelsea, that is based in part on convictions. And so when you talk about the number of convictions last year for crimes that were charged two years prior to that, that's not necessarily an indicator of what's happening in your city today. That's Mm -hmm. a lagging indicator of what happened two and three years ago, because that's only convictions, and it's only convictions that arise from crimes that were, were committed some time ago. So... You know, depending on crime severity as a metric to to judge your your funding or your outcome conversation around policing, uh, to me, is not necessarily the only metric you consider. Is it not true, though, that Edmonton's police get paid, the EPS receives more funding per capita per person than anywhere else in this country? So is this is this the priority or why is this the priority right now? Well, so again, we want to get predictable funding and, and, you know, that per capita number, that is, we've got to be careful about using that number, you know, so uh, just take the Edmonton region, you know, the, uh, the 68% of people in the, in the census metro region, which is to say the Edmonton region, pay taxes to the city of Edmonton and support the police service. 32% of our population does not. And that, you know, whereas in Calgary, 88% of the people that live in the region actually live in the city of Calgary. So you've got different, using the per capita number does not tell the whole story. And then when you layer on the differences, like say between Edmonton and Calgary, we have more prisons than Calgary does. We provide more healthcare services to people from other jurisdictions. And we need to remember that when people come to Edmonton for health services, they're released to the front door of the institution that they're that they're attending. They're not necessarily returned to the community from which they came. And, you know, sometimes there's negative consequences to that. So 
Okay, I appreciate, dangerous. appreciate yeah. the clear the clarity there. You know, I think yeah. this. Anytime we talk about funding the police, it sort of reminds us of the conversation of defunding the police, which was yeah. something that was a very uh, popular term and idea used surrounding the murder of George Floyd. Now that took place in May 2020. That was around the same time that this funding formula was paused by council. So it's been sort of since then that you've been wanting to really relook at all of this. I'm wondering if we can clarify then. What we're talking about when we're talking about funding the police, is it just, is it officers? Are we talking, is that inclusive of social workers and mental health workers that are kind of under that umbrella of the EPS? What exactly is getting funded here? It's essentially everybody that is employed, everybody that's employed by the police service uh, and everybody and and everything it takes to support that employment. So there's uh, roughly 1,900 sworn officers in the Edmonton Police Service. And then I, I believe the number is roughly 800 other employees that are members of other unions and other collections beyond that. So it's, you know, it's roughly 3,000 people. I believe I have that number right. I might be a little bit off, but it's certainly I know the sworn officer number. Uh, there are some social workers and, and um, other specialists that are employed by the police service. They're relatively small numbers compared to the number of sworn officers. So it's predominantly uh, those sworn officers and the support, the, those that support those sworn officers in the police service. Okay. And then to clarify too, within this uh, increase now, EPS is allowed to ask council for lump sums of money outside of this funding formula in specific instances, Did, and then that has to get approved by council? They would have to get approved by council, and that is by no means automatic. So, you know, a couple of the examples that were thrown around yesterday, you know, we're, we are presumably uh, going to open another LRT line uh, in the near future. You know, theoretically, the police service could come back and say, geez, we need more money to police that. But I can tell you that would not be met with very much uh, positive reaction from council. Got it. Uh, we're talking about big, dramatic things. So, you know, the Oilers have a playoff game tonight. That does not get you an increase to your budget. Uh, we're going to host a FIFA event for 40 days in downtown with 25,000 people at a festival site. That might get you a budget adjustment. It has to be big, meaningful, uh, and and you know, somewhat exclusive and, and, and away from the everyday operation and the everyday functioning of a city. What's been the reaction so far, Councillor? Uh, that I've received, you mm-hmm. mean? From, yeah. Uh, generally positive. Uh, you know, again, we go back to that um, that defund the police question and, and, you know, everything that kind of came out of the George Floyd murder. Right. And, you know, and, and, you know, the essence of the defund of the police is not necessarily, you know, don't fund police. It's, you know, migrate some dollars to other solution sets. And I think that city council still has a mind to, uh, you know, continue to augment resources to other social service organizations that help in this realm, you know, generally speaking. Uh, but the problem is, is that it came on the uh, came on the heels of the George Floyd murder. So even though it, not everybody intended it this way, it sounded punitive. It sounded like blaming and shaming. It yeah. sounded like laying everything at the feet of the police. It was an unfortunate, you know, correlation that, that maybe not, maybe shouldn't have happened, but did happen. So kind of moving away from that rhetoric and, and moving away from a constant conversation about money allows the conversation to go to other things. And I would offer this, you know, we've, you know, in the last couple of years, we've had uh, somewhat arbitrary, out of the blue reductions to the police budget. And the reaction of the police service has been, well, now we're reacting to a budget change and, and you know, that doesn't allow us the opportunity to be strategic and, and plan ahead and that kind of a thing. And I think there's a certain amount of truth to that. 
but there's also a certain amount of that's a convenient excuse that that is in that so you take away the distraction of the funding and you can actually have a, a you know a conversation that is all about uh metrics outcomes solutions what we need from our police service today and what we're going to need tomorrow and and without this sort of sort of damocles that hangs over that conversation when it's only about the dollars counselor thank you so much for breaking it down and for making the time this afternoon i really appreciate it my pleasure anytime thanks for having me of course take care that's counselor tim cartmel uh counselor for ward p hayson of course talking about edmonton city council voting to increase police funding